chapter 4, we're in verse 18. Um, Jimmy just uh, told me that we have one more week. I, I thought we had two more weeks, but it looks like we got one more week, so we'll, um, we'll pick up the pace here um, and finish Romans 4 before the end of next week. So um, um, I, I'm in verse 18, and I hope you're there with me. I want to begin... Um, oh, I... I let me begin at 17 because I just love that clause that he includes in verse 17. We closed on last week about Abraham uh, believed because God who gives life to the dead. That's where we stopped really last week. Who gives, let's see, where, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who, here's our text for tonight, who, contrary to hope, that is, who, that's a, let me read the text. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. If you remember anything about um, English grammar, you know that pronouns have to have antecedents. That is, uh, nouns are pronouns to which they refer. Uh, it's very clear that the, the text begins with a pronoun, who, uh, that refers to Abraham. This is, a, this is a text about Abraham. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, what you have... From verses 18 to 25, or to the end of the, uh, the end of the chapter, is uh, it, it's kind of a sermon um, on the faith or celebrating the faith of Abraham. It's um, it's a <coughs> I don't know a five uh, verse sermon about the excellencies of Abraham's faith, uh, because Abraham in exercising faith is is, a, is kind of a, a perfect illustration of the issue, uh, an entity known as faith. What is faith? And, and how do we see it in Abraham? Um, perhaps asked a, a little bit differently, what was it that, um, that Abe's faith enabled him to do? What was it exactly that faith enabled Abraham to do? Um, and, I, and I think what you have here in... In these verses, and uh, we'll look at a, really primarily 18, but that Paul mentions five things. Maybe there's more in there, but um, I want to mention five things that this faith of Abraham's that is so celebrated, uh, what it enabled him to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what we need to do, of course, as we listen, is measure our faith against this. This is a five-verse celebration of the faith of Abraham a sermon on his faith. And so what we get a chance to do is say, okay, if his is like that, what is mine like? Let me measure mine, let me set mine up against his and see if mine is like his. Because his is this perfect illustration of faith. What I want to answer is that there are five things that I want to draw your attention to that is that Abraham's faith enabled him to do. Number one, it enabled Abraham to believe a staggering promise. The promise is included in verse 18. It's at the end. So shall your descendants be. That is, you're going to be the father of many nations. And you may recall that in the text to which we, that, that uh, Paul is alluding to back here, um, in, in the promise contained in Genesis 22, um, that, that Abraham's descendants are likened unto two things. He takes him outside and he shows him the stars in the heavens, you know, and he says, so shall your descendants be. 
And he says, just like the sand in the seashore, you know, all those granules of sand out there, so shall your descendants be. The, 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 uh, the very clear communication is you're going to have descendants just gobs and gobs and gobs of them. So shall your descendants. That's the promise. And faith is the thing that enabled Abraham to believe that promise. Uh, now, I, I, I need mind, remind you, but I shall anyway, that this is spoken to a man who is a hundred years old. His wife is uh, in her 90s, and he is being promised descendants that outnumber the granules of sand on the seashore. And it was faith that enabled a childless, hundred-year-old man with a 99-year-old wife or a 90-year-old wife to believe that kind of staggering promise. And I want to say just as somewhat of an aside, I also believe that what Abraham is believing... You remember when I, we've looked at this text before, John 8, 56, where Jesus says, And Abraham saw my day and rejoiced in having seen it. That is, Abraham in these promises that he's getting from God doesn't see things perfectly. He doesn't see things clearly. But he understands a little bit about something that God is up to. And I don't know exactly how much, but Jesus said he saw my day. And I'm suggesting that, that a little bit about what Abraham is believing is that he knew that something was going to happen so great that out of his loins was going to come the ultimate redeemer that, that, um, that God had promised. But faith is the stuff that, that enables Abraham to believe this monumental, staggering promise. A promise that really is just too good to be true. And there's two things, and probably more, but two things that militant, militate against him believing such a thing. Of course, the first thing that militates is this, his hopeless condition. He's a 100-year-old man with a 90-year-old wife. He's got no son. How is this going to come to be? How is it going to come to pass? Um, and the, the promise is so staggering in its extensiveness, in its marvelous possibilities. It is stuff that would make us pause or give us pause before we ever said, hmm, I would certainly believe that. And yet it's, it's, it's faith that becomes the definer of reality for Abraham. And that's really what I want you to grab hold of. That's the first thing. That faith becomes the definer of reality for us. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when, I, when I'm speaking to people about Jesus Christ, and, and I, I hope that you will come along with me. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting Sunday. No, not this Sunday. Not even the next Sunday, but the next Sunday. The first Sunday in June. A series for the summer. And I always like to do it in the summer. Um, little things, because you're also, you, you all got way too much money. And you all travel way too much because you've got all this money. And so you're never here on Sundays. And so I like to do something that has nothing to do with what we've been doing in the, because in the, you're never going to hear it all, you know. So I just try to do this little isolated thing. Because, you know, you'll pop in here three or four times across the summer, you know, in between ski trips. Um, so, but I'm, I'm starting this thing. And I'm really excited about it, and I hope you'll cancel your vacations for it. <laughs> yeah, I know that'll happen. Um, I've been drinking way too heavily of late. Um, but <laughs> the, um, uh, the, the series has to do with the construction or how to build an irresistible testimony. 
I want us to reach them, ladies and gentlemen. And what could we do differently as a child of God that would make us more winsome, more appealing, more irresistible to the non-Christian world? Um, I, I'm telling you, I'm on it. And I don't know about the rest. I know that I've got to make some changes. But I was on the Stairmaster yesterday, and there's this little 17-year-old girl. Actually, she's probably older than that. She graduated. She, was, she just finished her first year at Ole Miss. And um, in the course of the conversation, I asked her, I said, well, you know, I'd be interested in something about your spiritual journey. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's as far as I got. But uh, she was started blabbering about, well, you know, I don't know. It just, just went on and on and on. And finally, her time was up and she had to get up the Stairmaster. And I was really great because I didn't know what my next special was going to be. Um, but it, it was just a way to start a conversation with, a, with somebody that I doubt had the first clue. But here's my point. I want to say to people who I'm talking to about Jesus Christ, tell me this. What is reality? What is reality? Is reality um, waiting tables at Yaya's making $165 a night, closing up shop and taking a joint of marijuana and, and smoking until you need to get home and dropping off to bed so that you can sleep late the next morning and you can do that all. Is that reality? Is that it? What is it, ladies and gentlemen, that defines reality for you? Because basically, I'm telling people what another reality... I'm telling people that it's reality that God who created the heavens and the earth provided a Redeemer so that... Your sin can be forgiven and you can spend an eternity of felicity and bliss in the presence of God. Is that reality? What is reality? Is reality setting the alarm for 6 o'clock every morning so that I can get up and go to the office and work 10 hours a day so that I can make a lot of money, so that I can pay the mortgage and come home at 7 and sleep in that bed that I'm paying the mortgage on so that I can get up at 6 o'clock the next morning and go do it all over again? Is that reality? What is it, ladies and gentlemen, that becomes the definer of reality for you? And I say to you, what it was for Abraham was a promise of God that he latched hold of. That's what faith enabled him to do. Take hold of a promise of God. You know, again, um, I, you know, I could go on for the rest of the night about reality. Because you might have gotten that little thing around Easter time in the mail and... Uh, Truth, I love to say, is that which helps me integrate with reality. Well, what is reality, ladies and gentlemen? What am I trying to integrate with? And how am I going to do it? And for a lot of us around here, we tried a lot of different routes in making our attempts to integrate with reality, didn't we? We all bear the scars of having so done. But for, for Abraham, God gives him a promise. And faith is the thing that enables him to say, that is reality. And I'm going to latch hold to that. That's what faith does, ladies and gentlemen. That's a foremost characteristic of faith. Maybe not the foremost, but it's a characteristic of faith. It becomes for me my definer of reality. It's the thing that not, doesn't just control what I do for Sunday mornings. It helps me define reality. It tells me when I walk out that door what is and what isn't real.
Is Washington, D.C. the definer of reality? Is that what you... Is, is Alan Greenspan the definer of reality? What is it that for you defines reality? Is it the Wall Street Journal? Well, for Abraham, he found a promise of God or was given a promise from God. And it was that sunk his teeth deep into that promise. Now, gang, I'm saying you got to measure what you're doing by that. But you, because you've got a bundle of promises here. A bundle of promises. Has, has faith defined reality as the promises of God for you? Because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, some of the promises that you got are really weird. But it's we believe in a dead man that got up from the grave and walked around. We believe that. We believe in, 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 a, in a God that says he's going to culminate all of history in a grand and glorious return. We believe that. We don't know how to get all figured out, but we believe he's going to do something like that. Now, we're going to go talk to those people about that. And they're going to say, what? Wait a minute. I got a different reality. Faith defines reality, and in Abraham's life, it had to do with the promises of God. I, I, um, I love to talk to people about what is reality for you, because it's, uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty sad picture at times, isn't it? The second thing that I want to draw your attention to that is that what did Abraham's faith enable him to do? He, he believed that promise based on nothing more than the bare word of God. That is, God said, so shall your descendants be. And that faith was planted on nothing more. No. Now, as a result of my promise, I want to show you that it's real. Watch this. There's no, there's no kind of evidences. There's no kind of proofs. There's no kind of um, confirmations. It was simply faith latching hold to the solitary Word of God. Um, you know, there is always a naked element about faith, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you've seen that bumper sticker. I, I hate it, but it's a bumper sticker nonetheless. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can, you can eliminate the middle clause. Because I don't care if you believe it or not. God said it, and that settles it. There's something about faith that rests. It doesn't seek proofs. It doesn't, in one sense, doesn't even need proofs. Because faith is, is leaning on the bare, solitary, naked Word of God. Without any of this other... And, and, and from time to time, God does do things that wouldn't give you confirmations. But, not in, a, not in Abraham's sense. And not in so many of ours. It is... We have come to believe that this is really what we're trusting in. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trusting in a book. I'm trusting in the God that's described in the book. But you understand. What you see in Abraham is a man that is leaning on nothing more than the bare, naked, solitary word that came from God's mouth. Faith does that. That's what faith does, ladies and gentlemen. It simply grabs hold of God's Word, and that's enough. Is that enough for you?
or is God going to do some trick? You know, that was really the, the essence of the, temp, of the wilderness experience of Jesus when he was tested by Satan, you know. Didn't God say, you know, get yourself up there, he'll cast you down? And uh, God's, you know, it, but the point is, I guess the point is that uh, Satan is trying to get Jesus to uh, uh, ask for a trick. Well, faith is something that enables us to take confidence in simply what has been said. And that's enough. There's the third thing, or the third thing I want to mention. Um, Abraham's faith enabled him to believe something in spite of all of the appearances to the contrary. Look at me. I'm way beyond making a baby. And her, she's a lot worse. In a natural sense, this could never happen. Look what it says in the text in verse 18. Who, contrary to hope, that is, his faith enabled him to believe something in spite of all the appearances to, to the contrary. Because in a natural sense, what he was being promised could never happen. It was impossible. You know, um, how do babies get made? Everybody in here clear on that? Well, we believe in a virgin birth. You people are nuts. That's contrary to everything we know to be true, scientifically. But that's what faith does. It enables us to believe things contrary to appearances. Not, by the way, contrary to logic. Or contrary to reasonableness. God is not irrational. It's just contrary to appearances. Um... One of the things, ladies and gentlemen, that humanism is so quick to, to point out, or at least um, propagate, is what they call a closed universe. That is, a, a universe that has no entry outside of the universe itself. Uh, they they take, a, take you to the Grand Canyon and they say, you see the Grand Canyon? Uh, we can explain how the Grand Canyon uh, came into being through natural forces. Uh, you know, a little bit of the Colorado River ran through there and, and over time, etc., etc. But they would never dream of considering something outside of their universe. Some kind of invasion of their universe by something else. That's, that's the essence of humanism, ladies and gentlemen, a closed universe philosophically and scientifically. Well, Abraham, or faith, is the stuff that helps you to believe that the universe ain't so closed. But that God can enter it at any time He chooses. Contrary to appearances. Does your faith do that? I mean, are you, um, are you willing to believe in things that... Uh, in, in a natural sense, could never happen. I um, there's a woman here tonight. She works her little. She works hard uh, in the Air Force, and um, 
uh, she made an appointment with me last week, and and um, and life was just bad. I mean, it really was. I, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't dream of telling you the story, but you know, it, it's like I'm sitting across from her, and and she's telling me all these things. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying while I'm sitting there, Lord, you're going to have to give me something decent and rational to say here because this really is a bad situation. Come on, help me out here some, Father. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't have enough sense to make sense out of this. But I said some things to her, and, and one of the things that I asked her to do is believe that God is good. Because ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, faith is confidence in the goodness of God. But contrary to all of her circumstances, contrary to all of the appearances that she was in at that moment, I was asking faith to lay hold of the goodness of God. Seven days later, maybe maybe it's just six days, maybe it was last Thursday, I forget when we met her. God has turned the table. And she, she and I hugged out there and she was giddy at the little things that God had oh they were little they were two biggies real biggies but guys that's what faith enables us to do contrary to appearances hoping against hope or contrary to hope we hope a fourth thing gotta hurry um it was Faith that enabled Abraham to um, um, to have a confidence in, in respect to all that he was facing. I really, I really jumped down and pulled this out on you, and, and really out of verse twenty-one, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, you know, that's a beautiful element to me of Abraham's faith, being fully convinced. There was a certain might in Abraham. There was a certain strength in what Abraham was uh, was committing. He wasn't whistling in the dark. He was enabled uh, to be fully convinced. It is a full persuasion. That's what faith does for us, ladies and gentlemen. It gives us a confidence of a fully persuaded soul. As you're doing. Um, uh, we really don't have time, but that's that's the essence of what Hebrews one and is saying about faith is the substance of things hoped for. That is that that faith is is the substantiation or the substantiating of the thing that we hope for. What you're hoping for? What you're hoping for, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of eternity? Well, <clears throat> I will say this just to throw this in quickly. That full persuasion stuff, that uh, fully convinced, is the is the is one of the elements that makes saving faith so different from an intellectual assent. And I'm telling you, there's a large percentage of the Christian professing church that has nothing more than intellectual assent, assent to some historical facts. But in terms of some kind of full persuasion. We're going to come back to that as I close. But number five, um, the one thing that really is not in the text, but that is told us elsewhere about Abraham's faith, uh, Abraham's faith, is that his faith enabled him to act on it. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to embarrass anybody, okay? I don't, but I am going to be a tad crude with you for a moment. But this is certainly within the bounds, unfortunately, I mean, why my wife has to be here tonight. Um, but uh, she'll get over it. Um, <laughs> won't you, dear? Um, you know, so shall your descendants be, Abe. What's the first thing that Abraham needs to get to doing? Get to doing? He needs to get on into the tent <laughs> there with Sarah. You know, even that act, ladies and gentlemen, had to be one that was exercised in faith. What am I doing? <laughs> what is she going to say to me when I say, <laughs> that, "Come on, honey, are you are you stupid?" Have you not looked at me lately? <laughs> but that was what faith... And apparently he did it. Because he ended up with a son. That's what faith did, ladies and gentlemen. It enabled him to act. And of course, the book of James celebrates an altogether different event which came after that one. It was the one when God says, you know, take him over and sacrifice him on the mount. And that's what, that's what the whole second chapter of the book of James is about. That what was, what was going on here is that the very expression of Abraham's faith is that he responded to the word of God then in Genesis 22 the same way that he did in Genesis 15 and 17. It was saving faith that enabled him. To do. To act. That's what saving faith does, ladies and gentlemen. It has within it this kernel of life that, uh, that produces actions after it. Righteous actions after it. So let me tell you, the next time somebody says they've got saving faith, and yet their life is a shamble of sin. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe that? Because saving faith enables one to act and perform. And not, not for approval. We've already been approved. I hope you know I know that. But faith is the stuff that enables you to act. When Abraham looks at this dead body of his, he remembers. Oh, the God who made me that promise about my descendants, he's the one who gives life to dead things. So I better get out of that tent. Because he's going to have to bring some life out of death here. But he can. I want to say one other thing and I'll quit. There is wrapped up in all that I've said tonight an implication, I think. Um... At least, maybe it's not an implication. Maybe it's an application. I, I think in the in the midst of you and I dealing with our own struggles of faith, we we sometimes come to the conclusion that when we are assailed by doubt, that we must not have faith. I want to suggest to you that that's not so. And I want to suggest that in this whole story that we read about Abraham from Genesis 15 to the, in Genesis 24 when he passes from the scene, that it was his faith that enabled him 
to overcome the doubts that he wrestled with. That is, there were things that would... And, and I want to suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that the devil will see to it that doubts will come in the, in, the ex, in the course of you exercising faith. Satan will see to it. In fact, that's promised to us in Ephesians chapter 6 when we talk about that fiery dark stuff, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to see to it that there's going to be the insertion of doubt in the exercise and fleshing out of your faith. He'll see to it. The question in faith is not whether I have to wrestle with doubts, but what do I do with the doubts? as they arise. That's the issue, ladies and gentlemen. How, what is the resolution of doubt? Because saving faith is not incompatible with doubt. It's just the question of how do I deal with it in the midst of maintaining saving faith. I'm telling you, in my opinion, Abraham wrestled with doubt the, the course of his life. But it was the saving faith that enabled him to dispel his doubt and move on and to live a life of faithfulness with God. Now, what's yours like? Does it measure up in any way with Abraham's? Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is kind of a standard. This is a, a celebration of the faith of a man who uh, took a hold of God's promises and... Uh, they did things inside him, and they resulted in things outside him. That's what faith looks like. Let's quit. Our Father, uh, I do thank you for your word once again. It is a wonderful book. Um, it is a very miraculous, mysterious book that only those with eyes to see can uh, embrace and, and understand and even those with eyes to see can wrestle with its contents for a lifetime. But we do see, Lord God, that you give us enough information that everything that is needed for life and godliness is contained here. And you've even told us what our faith ought to look like. Those of us who profess that we have it, you even tell us what having it would look like if we had it. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that your people might draw great delight in seeing that what they see in their souls is very similar to what they see in Abraham's. And that if there is huge discrepancies, that we could go back and once again face our souls to discover that it is certainly rooted in the finished and accomplished work of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to be together around your word. We don't take those for granted. For to know you is life eternal. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and good night. Enjoy your beautiful summer nights.